Lights. Yo, money. Camera action. Yeah. Welcome back to another thrilling episode of the Cinemates Podcast with Jake and Mike. I'm Mike Jose Collins, and that's Jake Schultz. We're here to kick off your week with a dose of cinematic excitement that's bound to keep you on the edge of your seats. On today's episode, get ready to dive into the electrifying world of box office numbers. We're breaking down the latest hits, misses, and surprises that ruled the big screen over the weekend from record-breaking blockbusters to under-the-radar gems. We're unraveling the trends and discussing what's capturing the hearts of moviegoers. <laughs> I don't think you sounded more like you've read something in your life than right now. Yeah. It's it's tough when that's the only thing we're really doing today, <laughs> so you, you got to really lead into the excitement. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Grab the popcorn yeah, yeah. and grab your movie snacks. Sit down and listen to some numbers. It's Cinemates the Podcast. There you go. There you go. You got your movie your movie trailer voice on. How you doing, old man? Yeah. It is what it is, brother. Oh. <laughs> it is what it is. I said, how you doing? I'm good. Yeah? Fiving. How was your uh, your Saturday at the Fan Experience what? in Toronto? Oh, I didn't go to Fan Expo. I thought you did. No, I was going to the GO station, and so I had to walk through the, all of it. Just absolutely painful. <laughs> I was like, and they're like taking up the whole streets and everything. So I'm like purposely bumping into nerds. Uh, Felt very good. Okay. Oh. Beat up a couple. <laughs> throw around a couple bodies i see i thought you were going to do your job and i thought you were doing it for no, them no, no. uh because i was gonna say that god was, no that'd be horrible that was prime opportunity for you to get some people that, like charlie cox was there yeah yeah vincent d'onofrio uh wouldn't have lasted in there that was uh <laughs> you just far, blow, blown up. something far too nerdy about the one here where it's like mostly just anime it's really gross yet that's not like the the intention of it i'm pretty no. sure it's way it's more geared towards movies. Movies yeah. and comic books and video games. Right? This been, one, it's just anime. Have you been to conventions before? I've never went to, uh, to Fan Expo here. Any conventions. I went to San Diego Comic-Con. You've been to, to Comic-Con? I've been to PAX East in Boston. Okay, wait. No, hold on. What year did you go to Comic-Con? 2008, 2009. So that was Marvel didn't have a panels yet at that point, did they? Or did they? I don't think so. I think that was a year. That's uh, the year after they Iron started. Man. Yeah, it's a year after Iron Man. So what? What was your big? You went to panels, right? Yeah, I went to a couple. What panels did you go to? Oh gosh, it's so long ago. I'm trying to remember. I um, I don't remember what panels. Oh, uh, uh, Rooster Teeth. I think was. One oh, I loved. I loved old Rooster Teeth. Um, I'm trying to remember. That might have been Pax East. Was it Rooster Teeth or Achievement Hunter, or specifically just Rooster Teeth? Oh, I don't know. Like red versus blue, and I think it was Rooster Teeth. Okay, because it was it was the year I guess that it passed the longest run. Uh, Stargate SG One is the longest running sci fi show ever. Yeah. So I think that I think it was Rooster Teeth. Okay. There's a lot of stuff. Met a lot of people. Very cool. What about PAX? What did you do at PAX? It's the same thing. It's just a convention, but in Boston. Boston's pretty cool. So you've been to a couple. That's cool. Been to a couple, yeah. And then, yeah, this one just uh, there's something that, like. It just has never interest me about them. Festival seat or conventions seem cool on paper, but then the one here, there's like nothing to do. Well, so I was looking at it and I was like, well, wh- why would you justify going here when you're spending a hundred dollars to like literally take a photo with one person? The there's price no here panels. is insane. The only panels you get to see is Zachary Levi being an idiot, and I was like, I'd rather not pay to go watch Zachary Levi. <laughs> I was looking at Hayden Christensen. It's yeah. two hundred dollars depending on what prop you want signed. Yeah, like what, and then. And that's just an autograph. And, well, by the way, who wants an autograph anymore? Just get a picture. The whole table with John Bernthal, Charlie Cox, and if it's D'Onofrio for the, like the Daredevil table, $330. Yeah, it's just the Canada prices are dumb. Yeah. They're so stupid at this point. Yeah. It's definitely not. It's Part of it is the pricing from Fan Expo, but it's all the conversions and how everyone is just like, yeah, we can charge them whatever because no one cares anymore. Yeah. It's pretty painful, to be it's honest. A joke. I remember it was expensive when I went, but that was like over a decade ago. But it wasn't as like I got one autograph from uh, the bad guy from Mad Max Fury Road, and he uh, it was like fifty bucks. And then I think my dad got Leonard Nimoy, and that was like a hundred dollars or something. But now but that's fine. Now you're three hundred dollars. That's probably free because he's dead. <laughs> you know, so like, what's what's a dead person's autograph to you? I don't know, man. It's probably worth a lot, though. Yeah. There's some cool people. Like, you're walking around, especially San Diego, you're walking around there, and it's like just celebrities yeah. are also just walking around. 
I remember I was really into this game Castle Crashers. Who wasn't? Um, and I met the guys who made it. I think Tom Fulp and Dan Paladin. Did you play their second game, Battle Block Theater? So that's when it came out. So uh, was, no that way. was the beta. You were got the you played for the games. first time. Um, yeah, it was fine. Um, but I remember I met them and I got them to sign a T-shirt, um, and they were drawing all these cool characters. And out of my shirt, they just printed their names. They didn't even <laughs> sign it. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't want to give you something special. It was weird. <laughs> Did you annoy them? No, I didn't do it. I just asked them for an autograph. Did you go up and just like show them your feet immediately? And then they were just like, oh, okay, well. I remember <laughs> we got to play a couple of cool things. Like I think at PAX, me and my brother got to play Assassin's Creed, the one that's in America. Uh, I, I've fallen it's off It's like Assassin's the first Creed. one, but it was like you got to – it's funny because I remember it like, oh, my God, I got to play all these games before they came out and stuff. I think Mad Max – not Mad Max. Uh, what's that game? Is it called Mad Max? Not Mad Max. Mm, I don't Max know. something. It was like Max a third, Payne. Max Payne. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got all game. these like weird props and stuff, and that that part's a part of it's fun, but uh, it's way too expensive to go here. I think it's not fun anymore. I, I think they're just dying. No, yeah. no, no, no. E3's it was massive, dead. dude. It was like when I was walking down there, like it was the entire street was just nerds. But it's like. As an adult, I don't want to do that. Fair. I just think a lot of like the old ones, like E3's dead. It's like fully done. They're trying to try to make come back next year. It's not happening. It's just those are like my peak childhood was when San Diego Comic Con. Because when every now everyone has their own stuff. Like Microsoft does their own thing. There's like Summer Game Fest and all of those like the game awards. That's it. But everything else is just run specifically. Nintendo does their own stuff. I miss when everything was just like one big event, like Comic Con or this and that. Like not you don't have Investors Day and everyone was just going and having a good time. And that is when you found out the news. That was always like the most exciting part about them. And then now it's all so spread out that you don't have that feeling anymore. Yeah, it's like Christmas. It's just the same feeling. Like it's, I get you're a kid and everything like that, but it's like when that's like basically like was your Christmas for like movies, games, all that stuff. Yeah, you don't have that anymore. It's true. I remember um, I was in line. There's so many lines at these things. Oh yeah. And we met the guy who designs the boxes for Barbie dolls. That was cool. And now I wonder what he's doing. Think he got some compensation for the Barbie movie? Probably Uh, not. That's kind of sad. Yeah. Do you want to know how much compensation Barbie movie has been continuing to be making? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Good little segue into the box office there. As always, I'm going to give you the top 13 of this week at yeah. the box office for the weekend of August. What are we at? 26th? Today's the 27th, right? Today's 28th. 28th. So the weekend from the 26th to the 27th, that weekend. And I'll give you the first couple ones, as always. And Mike, you have a list this time. So he has last week's list. Ready. So he he's going to try to get more than... The last couple of weeks, and I expect more. So listen carefully. At number 13 this week, Sound of Freedom. All dropping down from number 10. Okay. $2 million total this weekend, bringing its worldwide total to $181. Million and, it's, and it's at 13. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. $181 million total. <laughs> Interestingly, international has opened up at an international market. It made $267,000 this weekend. I'm not quite sure what market opened up because I don't have that in front of me, but that's kind of weird. I didn't think that this movie was actually going to play anywhere that wasn't Canada and the United States. So, okay, fair enough, I guess. Uh, So that is dropping out of theaters at number 12. Oof. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 in its oh, seventh no. week, dropping from number 9 to 12. So it is out of the top 10 with a $2 million gross this weekend domestically. It did add 72 theaters, but not grossing well for its total worldwide of $551 million total. Not number 11, Talk to Me, the A24 film. Oh, crap. Again, around $2 million this weekend. These are all within like several thousand dollars of adjusting with each other Uh, same with number 10 uh but talk to me bringing its worldwide total to 55 million dollars as we approach the number 10 film of the box office this weekend haunted mansion haunted mansion you are one for one haunted mansion 30 percent drop not helpful by the amount of theaters that are left in its fifth week 2.1 million dollars bringing its worldwide total to 91 million dollars yep Continuing to not do well, I would not be shocked if 
since we're approaching September, we hear that date of it's Disney Plus dropping very, very shortly. So that is number 10. I, I'll give you these. I'm not going to tell you what they are, but I'm going to say that these are two new releases in 9 and 8. So you're going to have to think about last this week. This weekend? Yes, yeah, so you're going to have to think oh, about crap. some things that I mentioned of what opened for this weekend at the number 9 and the number 8 spot. And if I didn't say that, you would not have gotten these. But No, th- I was going to... Uh... Oh, I was going to say something else. Yes, they are two new movies opening up at that spot. Two new movies. Which, to be fair, with the lack of marketing that these films have had, it makes sense that they're so low. Lack of marketing? But I did mention them last week. So I did say them, and they might have not even be playing at some of the Cineplex theaters. <laughs> what the hell? Um, I'll go theater camp? The Hill. <laughs> what? That is the number one. Oh, no, Theater Camp didn't come out this weekend. No, it didn't. So that's Ah, why I just, uh, I'm just giving you that one. The Hill, that one is opening up at number nine. The Hill? You want to know what The Hill is? Yeah, what is that? It's a film about Ricky Hill, the son of traveling a pastor who overcomes physical obstacles to pursue his dream of playing baseball in the major leagues. It's about Dennis Quaid. This is the Dennis Quaid film that I talked about last week. Never heard of it because no, neither has anyone else. Two point one, two point five million dollars <laughs> this weekend uh, domestically, right. no worldwide, so not a great opening for the hill. But hey, it's probably gonna be out of the top ten next week. So enjoy your stay. Number eight, a new release. New release. This one is a bit more known. Bit more now. Okay, I. The only new movie is Grand Turismo. I have that way higher. Oh. There's another one. Yeah. That came out. Oh, God. <laughs> that came out this weekend. It did. Is it equally as stupid as whatever the hell that is? It absolutely is, yes. Oh, shut up then. Uh, I don't know. Tupi and Bino. Retribution, the f- Liam Neeson film, opened up this weekend. Come on. I, no one knows about Liam Neeson's films. They just kind of come and go. These are dumb. Three point three million dollars. Liam the Neeson films come and go. Yeah, they 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 come in droves and they leave just as fast at the box office because no one cares and they just watch them on streaming. Taken. Oh, sorry, that was Schindler's ten, List. Ten years. Oh, oh my God! Thanks for pulling Michael up Collins. films. Okay, thanks for pulling up films from like thirty years ago. I'm talking about now. He's the peak of his powers. Okay, sure, but no one goes out now to go watch Liam Neeson films. I don't know. What was the last Liam Neeson film that you've seen in theaters? Um, uh, a thousand ways to die in the West or whatever that movie was. Yeah, you want to know what year that one came out in? I'm gonna guess 2015, 14. Uh, yeah, it is 2014. Let's go. Okay. Since then, he has had so many movies that just are Men in Black International is honestly probably the last like important one that he's done, and I would say you important. Thought that was important. Okay, sorry. You thought the Men in Black, Honest Thief, The Marksman, The Ice Road, Black Light, Memory, Marlowe, Retro. Like, these are all the same film that is coming out because Liam Neeson is just pumping out. Because it's all. Okay. Do you want me to read some of the plot? Yeah. (laughs) You actually want me to read the plot for some of these? Yeah. Oh, my God. Is this just because you're trying to prove me right? Uh, A bank executive receives a bomb threat while driving his children to school that his car will explode if they stop and get out. Wow, cool. Very exciting. That's sick, bro. Go watch it then. (laughs) That sounds awesome. Marlowe is a neo-noir crime thriller. Got bad reviews. Memory? Oh, look, an action thriller. Wasn't he an Obi-Wan Kenobi? For one second, yes. Yeah, good for him. (laughs) He's up there. Oh, an expert assassin. Okay, similar. So Liam Neeson is just like he's doing the same movies, and his movies don't gross well anymore because no one goes and watches them. That's my point. All right. All right. Now you should be able to get some of these a bit more. Number seven. Okay. What was that crap? Uh, the Hill and Retribution? The Hill at nine and Retribution at eight. Oh, I don't think it's at a number. $3.3 million this weekend. Okay. So here's where it's weird. I want to say The Meg. Strays. Okay. I was going between it was Strays or The Meg, and I figured The Meg would probably fall further. Strays in its second week, 43% drop. But then it's the Meg. With 4.6 million, bringing its worldwide total to $21 million, really bad. And then at number six, you say the Meg? Meg 2, dropping 24%. So I'm at two. So it's still 
It's kicking around $5.1 million this weekend, worldwide total $352 million. Oh my God, I still can't get over that number. Which brings us to our top five. Yeah. So we've gotten um, two, right? Okay, here's where it gets weird. Uh, I'm going to go Oppenheimer. Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles, Ninja Turtles Mutant one of those. Mayhem, 28.6% drop. Pretty I good. I thought it would have more legs than Oppenheimer at this point a little bit. I went a flip-flop between them. Next, it's Oppenheimer, though, right? Maybe. $6.6 million this weekend brings worldwide total to $135 million total. That's a pretty good drop. I think we forgot to mention on Friday. I had it in my notes, literally saying mention it. It was National... You should do some cool movements around that. Cinema mic. Day. <laughs> National Cinema Day. And... It was $4 tickets in the States and Canada, and I think that helped a lot of these because these drops are very good. Yeah. 28% bringing its worldwide total to $135 million. So it's, it's doing okay. It's doing all right. And then next, at number four. Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer with a 16% drop for $9 million, bringing its worldwide total to $777 million. The most recent projections were saying that this film is going to end up around $950 million worldwide. I think with that number, people are going to go, you know what? Let's go watch it and get this thing to a billion. Oppenheimer 2. More bombs. Yeah, what would a second Oppenheimer even be? Just all Albert Einstein? No, he's dead. He didn't die in the movie. What? <laughs> Spoilers. So, yes, very good drop for Oppenheimer. And then at number three. Uh, okay. This is where it gets tricky. Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle dropping two spots, opening up at number one last week to three this week with a 50% drop. That is not good for a superhero film. $12.7 million this weekend, bringing its worldwide total to $81 million. That's not great, but it is also getting its VOD release in a couple weeks, so clearly DC is knows that this film is just not going to be making money and they're going to try to hope to get some of that back yeah. on the VOD market. So that is how much it made. Pretty steep drop, which means that number two, Barbie. Barbie with an 18% drop. Those drops on Barbie and Oppenheimer are ridiculous. In its sixth week, still grossing $17 million domestically at the box office, bringing its total to $1.34 million. Does that pass Mario? Billion. Billion dollars. We'll get to that a little bit later. It is officially the highest grossing Warner Brothers film ever. It is hey. past Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 to become the number one for Warner Brothers. And how did Warner Brothers celebrate? By not paying their actors or paying their writers and pushing away their most popular film coming out this year. So congrats to Barbie. You suck for everything else. But that is at the number two spot of the box office this week, which means number one. Gran Turismo, Gran based Turismo. on a true story. You did pretty good this week, Mike. Got six. You did seventeen, and two of them I just flip flopped. So there you go. There you go. First week, number one for race into the box office was seventeen point three million dollars domestically, internationally thirty six point five million, which brings its worldwide total to fifty three million dollars. Not too bad, not too shabby for Gran Turismo. Uh, going off about what we were talking about on Friday about how this is well, I, I, what I was saying that this is going to be a fan a fan favorite it has been getting a lot of love online on the rotten tomatoes community it has like a 98 percent imdb is going up 7.4 and cinema score is coming out which is a very it's a regulated way to see how audiences are reacting on opening night to the film it's how you test the gauges and that's normally how you can track the box office because those two work well together it had an a which is really good and so it's approaching making back its money territory. It's that's basically almost hit its budget. The budget was only $60 million, which is actually pretty good for a big blockbuster like that. So Gran Turismo is your number one film at the box office this week. Let's get into Worldwide and go over the top 10. At number 10, Elemental with $468 million. Number nine, Amman and the Wasp Quantumania, $476 million. Number eight, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, Part one, $551 million. It's getting close to number seven, Little Mermaid of $568 million. So it'll probably be pushing it. I think it'll cross it. I think it'll probably end up around finishing around $570 million Mission Possible. So I think that'll be extremely doable. At number six, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, $687 million. Fast X at number five, 704. Oppenheimer, we talked last week how it's got to make that money. It's got to make that distance up to Guardians. 
It's getting there. $777 million. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 at number three. $845 million. At number two, we do not have a new film at the number one for Worldwide yet. Yet it's getting there. Barbie, $1.340 billion at the box office, which has Mario at number one with $1.359. It is holding on by like the smallest of threads. And we will officially have a new film, a new number one at the box office worldwide next week. Cool. Nice job. Barbie <laughs> figured that would happen. Good for you. Yeah. Good movie. All right. Means. That wraps up everything at the box office this week. Mr. Collins. Yeah. What did you watch this week? Okay. Uh, I watched a couple things. Let me get up my reviews here. Um, Not the most watchy week for okay. me. Uh, I watched the new Adam Sandler bot mitzvah movie. You are so not invited to my bot mitzvah. I don't even know that thing came out. Uh, Netflix, it... Um, Did it come out this week? Because it must yeah. have missed it. On yeah, my... yeah, sorry. Uh, it's Adam Sandler and his whole family, right? So it stars his kid as uh, a girl, and she gets in a fight with her friend, and she's like, you're so not invited to my bot mitzvah. Um... It's a movie about a Jewish girl in junior high school or middle school. Okay. Uh, nothing relatable for me. Uh, she's she's a good actor, though. She's pretty good. Uh, nothing was funny. Nothing was I related to or found any interest in. Just was not made for me. Uh, I don't know why Adam Sandler's wife is in this movie playing the other mom and Adele Dezeeb is playing Adam Sandler's wife. Why not just make your wife your wife? It's a little weird. <laughs> Sandman does what the Sandman wants. Just uh, didn't didn't really make a whole lot of sense. Anyway, it's nepotism. The movie, it's fine. It's getting good reviews online. It's got a ninety five percent on Rotten Tomatoes with an average of six point nine. Yeah, bad. I'm sure it's good for some people. It's I have no rel- relatable anything to this movie. I just cannot find anything. Fair enough. How and long I'm, is Sandler in it? Uh, he has like a couple parts. It's not. So, it's not really about him. He's just the dad. It's more Adina Menzel, and no, not even her. It's about the kid. She's got. Lead, it's literally about kids. She has it, lead billing. That's it's weird. It's like a kid's movie. Jackie Sandler, Sadie Sandler, Sonny Sandler. Wow. Yeah. Okay. They're good. I mean, that's kind of cool that he made a film with his. Yeah, yeah. Kid. And I they're know, and they're good. Yeah, they're good actors. So it's not they're like actually they're good. just like atrocious to watch. Oh no no no! They're they're fine. They're like totally okay. fine. They're they're just whatever. Okay. Uh, then I watched 2021's Nobody. Yeah. With um, Bob Odenkirk. Uh, that movie sucks. I saw you gave it a good review. That movie stinks. <laughs> Nothing interesting happens. We don't need a movie like that in 2021. There's the We are at the limit. It's like superhero movies of white guys being angry at stuff. That's not an interesting concept anymore. It's never been, honestly. I don't know why we still have to keep making those. There was nothing important in that movie. Nothing. There was no good villain. The character itself was dumb. The whole movie was just weird. Let's watch a guy get angry. Oh, I relate to that. I also get angry. It's just dumb. I don't remember much about that movie. Yeah, it's really boring too. I remember Bob Odenkirk being good. I have the film on. Is he good? He 4K. just plays. He gets mad. That's it. Like I honestly, I think you just like Bob Odenkirk. Maybe the the one scene is the only scene I remember, which is in the bus, and I remember that yeah. scene is pretty cool. But yeah, everything and it else just kept going. That scene was cool. Everything but it else was I dumb. Don't remember, and I think if I rewatched it, I would probably not give it a great. There's just nothing interesting about it. It's not fun. The characters are boring. Oh, everyone was also doesn't touting it good. as like the next John Wick, and I it doesn't no. have the stain potential of a John Wick at all. No, there's no good like joke in there. The action is fine. It's just violent. There is a Nobody 2 coming out. Yeah, because people like that movie for some reason. Because we're all into white guys being angry for some reason. That still has not died. Let that die, please. It's so boring. It's such a boring thing. I would love a crossover. I think that would be funny. (laughs) Of John Wick and this guy? There has been potential talks about (laughs) it. Who cares? Who cares? John Wick at least is an interesting concept. No. It is white guy get angry, but it's different. Yeah, but John Wick also has 
so much going for it with there's people that actually give a crap about the action in that film and yeah. want to make this everything different. This is just like a John Wick light, and it's not really... It's just weird. I don't yeah. know why he even did this movie. Yeah. I did not get this movie at all. I don't care for it as much. I think I gave it a three and a half, but I yeah. think that was just on first viewing. It's pro- Like I said, it probably would go down. I gave it a two, I think. Sounds about right yeah, from two what you're stars. saying. Yeah. I said this movie is a passing fart. <laughs> it's a good description. It literally is, man. Uh, okay. I watched some TV. Oh, God. So, Ted Lasso. Oh, did you finish it? No. Okay. Uh, I got to the point in Ted Lasso where... Um, where Okay, for, well, first of all, the Beard character, uh, I don't... I think it's a little self-indulgent to make a writer write himself into the show. I never got the character. I don't think he's a very good actor. And, like, I guess it's supposed to be funny. He has a couple funny lines, but, like, in general, I think he's the worst part of the show. And he was on Jeopardy before I saw the show, and he was really unlikable, the guy who plays him. And then I watched it, (laughs) and it got to the Beard episode. You remember this episode? Mm Mm-hmm. This is the worst television I think I've seen in a long time that episode is so bad horrifically boring I do not care about anything that is happening the character itself is but we're supposed to have this like interest in him and there's nothing there the guy cannot act he's genuinely horrible and it ruined the show for me I have a hard time getting back into the show now come on man you can't it is that bad of an episode seasons have bad episodes all the time I know I know I know it's just that after it now we also have the old woman and the guy together, sleeping together, and they try to like dance around the fact that it's not that weird. It's really gross. It's really weird. And it came after this horrific episode. I don't know how how do you do you like the episode? No, it's like wildly considered the worst okay, episode. Okay, it of the is series. okay. Thank God. Because it was so boring. Yeah, it's bad. Horrifically terrible. And then after it they come in with this like odd relationship that I'm supposed to buy into, but I just do not care about it and it's quite frankly disgusting. And it, it just completely turned me off the show. Nothing's been funny since that episode either. Like, it's hard to get back into. Well, the it really threw me off the course. The relationship between Rebecca and I, Sam, uh, it gets dropped. So yeah, no, no, I'm, I did get up to that part. Yeah, where it, they did drop it. it. It's weird. It was just like why, especially after that episode too. It was so hard to buy back into the show. Yeah, season two has a lot of bumps. Season three has, but it was really good up until that point. We were last week we were talking about the Christmas episode. That was an amazing episode. The the latter half of season two is not great, but it is not. It's really really bad. And like, I'm interested in the Ted and the therapist relationship more than I am the fact that he's doing the therapy. Like, I like what we're getting revealed from there, but like them together, I think is really really good chemistry. Like, I really like them talking and stuff. But we had like this whole therapy moment, and then it goes back and forth between what's her name, Rebecca, and her talking about her dad. And it would just, they didn't correlate at all. Like, it didn't really make sense to, like, combine those at that point in the episode. I, I think the show kind of lost where it was going a bit. Um, and I cannot stand the Beard character anymore. Like, yeah. I hate him. I hate him in every scene he's in. He pisses me off. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Beard either. I think Beard's a very strange character. And I think that he doesn't serve much of a purpose in the first couple seasons. Season three, towards the end, he has a lot of really good moments. And I think he was redeemed a lot in the last couple episodes. Um, but I was never a fan of him throughout the entire show. I think he's meant to be that connection of Ted to his old life, but it's also never really... Explored. Yes. And that's a main issue that I have with the show too because I do not think that he's a good character. No. And I think he takes away from what could have been a lot. And that episode is just weird. It's him exploring on like a drunken, drugged yeah. up... like exploration and it does it takes away from what they were building in that exactly. season and completely it, i get it i get it but stick with it like, yeah it's, it's not just worth... like at this point like i watched a few episodes after like i did watch the, her break up with sam like the, the funeral episode are you um, done season two uh i don't know how many episodes are in season two i think that was episode 11 i think there's 13 okay then probably two more um but it was it was so unremarkable and like just completely took me out of the show and it was hard to mm-hmm. keep watching that I actually had to take a break I think it was also a chance for them to try to experiment on a potential beard spinoff and 
we've seen that happen in shows before, like Stranger Things, when Eleven went and did that weird journey with all the other misfit toys from the camp, and it was like also widely considered the worst episode of the season because it's so obviously like just it just dejects itself from the narrative in such a weird, strange reason. And one offs are fine if it has makes a point of yeah, relating back to the overall explores, narratives. Exactly. But it doesn't. It and does not at all. It's just a random acid trip episode, and it's not fun to watch at all. It <laughs> was not fun. It I, was long. Yeah. I get it. I remember sitting through COVID and watching it, and I'm like, this is really not good. It's by far my least favorite episode of Ted Lasso. And there is a couple episodes that are meh. That's just bad. That's, That's just, just a bad, bad episode. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, so I turned that off because I had to take a break from it. So I watched the first four or five episodes of Hijack, the Idris Elba show. I've heard good things. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I've heard good things. Yeah, really long. It's like an hour each episode. That's what's putting me off from it because I really like Idris Elba. <laughs> yeah, and what I find with new TV is if I don't watch it at the very beginning or if it's a new season, if I don't get on it. That's a, that's a new show. Yes, okay. but if it's a new show, new season, like I, if I don't watch it from the second it comes out or I get behind a couple episodes, I won't go back. And that was one. I'm like, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And Apple drops three episodes at a time too, so it's harder for you to like get immediately into it because then they start piling everything. I'm like, just, I just was like, I'm, I'm not going to get to it at this point. That's what I don't like about when Netflix like cuts things in parts and then they add four ep- four episodes like a month later, and you're like, ah. Well, that's their way of circumventing the whole binging conversation because yeah. no one binges anymore. But they were like, oh, we don't want to do weekly because then that would be us doing everyone else's model. So let's do part one and part two, which I think is it's stupid. That ruined you for me. Yeah. I have not even watched the, the part two of The Last You. You'd probably like it. I love you. I, th- I think that show's great. Yeah. I just like the fact that it cut in half and then I didn't even know that part two came out and I was like, I don't want oh, yeah. to There's, there's so many different variables with Netflix and what they're doing with their marketing schemes and or lack thereof marketing schemes. Yeah. Big you keep watching it? Ted Lasso? Hijack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Hijack. Is action good? Uh, there's no action. No? No. Okay. Not yet then because I've heard. Oh, is it? I've, yeah, there's I've no action so cool. far. I mean, there's like action-y scenes, but there's no like fighting or anything. I love Idris Elba. Yeah, he's sick. He's like, uh, he diffuses situations. It's forever underrated. I love Luther. It's such a good show. Luther. Luther. Yeah, I did, good. did not love how that show, the way it went, but I, I liked the first couple seasons of that show. Is he like the most underrated actor in Hollywood? I think he's rated perfectly. You think so? Yeah. He he's hasn't not really like, had big breaks though. People love him. People know him. Yeah. He's not like an excellent actor. He's on like a fringe of between A and B list celebrity. I think. Uh, a is like, you're famous. Yeah. I don't know if he's an A list. That's what I mean. He's fringe. Everyone knows him, but like no one can name really a lot of the stuff that he's in. Yeah. Everyone can name who he is. Mm-hmm. So I think that does make him pretty famous. Mm, that's tough. That's I mean, the fringe. He's not a movie star. He's not like a blockbuster movie star. He doesn't give him the chances. The only one he gave was Suicide Squad, and it bombed at the box office. The new one? Yeah. I like that movie. Yeah, he's really good in that one, too. I don't I think... I don't know if he's really good in No, that. he is. He's actually very good. He's really? so He has so, such good chemistry with John Cena in that movie. Yeah, they were good together. Yep. I don't know. He was in Beast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Everyone loved that one. I thought he would be more bigger in the Marvel Universe. Or bigger... Well, they gave him like the worst character yeah. to be. They gave him Heimdall. I don't know why they did that. He's still technically there. <laughs> he was in Cats. Yeah. Wow. Him and Taylor Swift and James Corden. He was the supervillain in Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, that might be his worst performance. He's really yeah. bad in that movie. That movie's not very good. He was sick in Molly's Game. Yeah, I'm I sure really he was. liked him in Molly's Game, Star Trek Beyond. He was crawl. in that? He's Crawl. Crowl. I don't remember him being in that at all. That's the main villain, right? In Star Trek Beyond? I don't remember Star Trek Beyond. I don't think anyone really remembers Star Trek Beyond. Huh. Why? Yeah. I like Star Treks. I thought those ones were really good. I do too, but Star Trek Beyond had a lot of issues with it. Why does J.J. Abrams make everybody just run from stuff? Like in every movie. Same reason Tom Cruise runs running. in every movie. Everybody's just running away from something. How, why does J.J. Abrams have lens flares in every single film he does? Why is he running away? <laughs> every scene is somebody running away from something. Come on, J.J. 
JJ has not come back to filmmaking <laughs> since Star Wars. No. No, he has not. I want him back. He was in Ghost Rider. Have you seen Takers? I don't know what that is. Takers is uh, Paul Walker, Idris Elba, Hayden Christensen, T.I., Chris Brown. Uh, there's wow. so many people. Matt Dillon, Michael Ely, Steve so, Harris. A lot of bad actors. Uh, I don't know why I love that movie so much. It's so random. It's just about like heist guys. Is this before or after Hayden Christensen understood acting? I don't think he's gotten there yet. Probably before. When did he understand acting? Like midway through the 2000s, 2010s, 2010s. 2010s? Yeah. Midway. Yeah. You're out of your freaking gourd. <laughs> That's not true at all. He is the one redeeming- When do you think he's I don't understood know. acting? I don't know. I saw him in Obi-Wan Kenobi and went, wow, he can actually act. Okay. So, you have, I figured- so you haven't seen the Air Canada movie, 2018's Little Italy with Emma Roberts? No. <laughs> About Toronto's Little Italy? Is that bad? Oh, buddy. Well, I know what we're doing. <laughs> Oh, we're watching Little Italy tonight. Oh no, you're gonna. Force I own me it on it? YouTube. Uh well, I know what other stuff you own on YouTube. I bought. Uh, what did I buy? Oh, I bought Soy Married and Axe Murder on YouTube. No. Yeah, that's how I watched it. Because I remember that movie as a kid and I wanted to watch it. I don't understand your philosophy of watching cams, but then you buy stuff on YouTube. Uh, why not just yeah. stream it? Stream what? Soy Married and Axe Murder. Yeah. Doesn't it, it's not on streaming. There's no. I probably can find it within. Go for it, freak. Did you look for it? Yeah. Obviously, I'm not just gonna buy a movie. <laughs> I also like. I have surveys on my phone. You know what I mean? Yes. So like, I have just free money that I can only spend on Google. Right. Yeah, you should probably clarify what those surveys are. It's Google surveys. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not like just <laughs> filling out surveys. <laughs> No, I made two hundred dollars on eight hundred and seventy-eight Google surveys. That is crazy. Is that what you do when you're just bored? You just randomly go like, "Yeah, I'll do a survey." No, they have to send you the survey. Uh, how many years have you been doing that for? Uh, well, I've made two hundred dollars. So take a guess about how many years. Um, I'd say eight. Eight years? Yeah. Holy crap! That's a long time. Really? Okay. Um. It has been oh, eight years. <laughs> <laughs> it's been over eight years. Wow. That's what I thought. That is insane. I did not think it was that long. Yeah, eight years. That's crazy. 890. And Jesus Christ. While you were doing that, I found it on a streaming service. So. Which one? Oh, like an illegal streaming service. Oh, that's shut up. <laughs> I'll cam like stuff I don't want to support, like Tom Cruise. Right. Who's just like a bad yeah, guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. What else did you watch this weekend? That's it. Uh, no, you didn't. You watched something what? else. What else did I watch? Oh, Riverdale? <laughs> uh, I tried to. It's got it. I think it's because we don't know what's happening. It's not actually Is worth it? doing it. Try it. It's weird. Give me a synopsis on what happened because I didn't watch no, it. No, I, I literally can't, dude. <laughs> I, I honestly do not understand what happened. It just gets, gets to the end and like, okay, from my understanding of the the beginning of it, um, okay, ah, uh, yeah, just give me a synopsis because I didn't watch this. I refuse to watch this. Okay, so everybody's dead, I guess, except Betty who didn't die. Um, Wait, and they're did, like, dead, she, dead, yeah, dead, and she's like reading uh. <laughs> the uh, Cole Sprouse's like obituary, and then they're like talking about other characters who I have no idea who are. Like, I, I just don't know, and they're, like, sort of going back. And then they go to the, the gay guy. Was it, uh, uh, I don't know his name. <laughs> like, he wasn't in the in the things. Um, yeah. And then he died or something. Okay. But he was on, like, Broadway or something, so good for him. But then also, there's, like, a scene in his dad was gay. What? Which I thought which didn't make any sense. And then they, it sort of just tells what happened with their lives. Like the redhead girl becomes like an activist. Cheryl. Uh, so, yeah, or like a painter or something. Okay. Reggie plays basketball. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, God. And he had like kids or something. Oh, he plays for the Lakers. Oh. Way, yeah, he ended up playing on the Lakers. Um, what? <laughs> one character is like reincarnated like a hundred times or something. Somebody, oh, the the restaurant guy died in his sleep. 
or something. What are you talking like, literally, about? Literally, dude, this, it's so dumb. It doesn't make any sense. I have no um, idea what's coming out of your mouth. They, and then there's like different versions of the characters. It's so bizarre. Was anyway, it like, like montage or was it like No, scenes? no, they like go through scenes. Dude, that's so bizarre. It's Betty going through these scenes? Huh? It's Betty watching these scenes happen, or is it just showing you these random scenes? It's like both. Okay. <laughs> anyway, it goes to the it goes to the final like four, and like I guess the the whole buildup was like who's gonna be dating who, right? So they're talking about senior year, but and they're older. No, 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 this it's like okay. They also at one point they got put back in time, so now it's in the fifties. Right. I remember saying something or about so, that. Something bizarre is weird. And Betty's like reliving it, right? And she's like sitting on this like park bench, and she's looking at Jughead, Archie, and Veronica, and she's talking to the other okay. guy. And he's like, "You're supposed to be like, oh, who's gonna end up together?" Do people care about that? Dude, dude I don't know what people care about anymore, <laughs> man. I don't know if anybody. I honestly don't think anybody acting in the show knew what they were acting about. I don't think they're checked into this thing at all. Mm-hmm. They all four of them. For the senior year, we're in a quad relationship with each other. All of them were dating each other at the same time. What? Yeah. Date. What do you mean dating each other? They were all, all four of them are in a relationship together with each other. What? Okay, let me read you the final scene here. That no, that actually that can't be a thing they did. Yeah, that's that's literally literally what they did. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like there's a whole scene, and she like looks at them. And she's like, "Oh, I've, yeah, I am." Anyway, what? there's also time jumpy parts. Like I don't know what's in the present or what's in the past. We do not watch this show, by the way. Anybody <laughs> listening, we I we wa- I watched the first season, and I think I got halfway through the second. I was like, "Oh, I don't know what the hell is going on here." Let me read you the final scene. Once Betty dies, we flash back to teenage Betty, now in the sweet hereafter. As she walks into Pops and sees all of her friends as she joins Veronica, Jughead, and Archie in a booth for some milkshakes. We head outside where narrator Jughead says, We'll leave them here, I think, where they're forever juniors, forever 17, always grabbing a burger or a shake, always going to or coming from some dance talking about school, the big game, who's dating, homework, whatever movie is playing at the Babylonium. You know, the moments that make up life. It's where they've... Where we've, where they've, we've were, whatever, <laughs> always been in this diner in this town in the sweet hereafter. So if you happen to see that neon sign, some lonely night after a long journey, the journey that every one of us is on, pull over, come on in, take a seat, and you know that you'll always be among friends and that Riverdale will always be your home. Until then, have a good night. What? What? <laughs> what does that mean? I think it's supposed to be like, you know, He's when you read to the, the com- audience. Yeah, when you read like the comics, like but I guess you see them only in a certain time. The like weird glorification, though, of like your high school years is what, so weird what when is, these people are like 30 years old. Doesn't make any sense. The epic highs and lows of high school football. Uh, I, I, uh, the whole thing is so freaking weird. Um, That's weird. I gave it a five stars. Okay. Know, watch it. No, beautiful. God, no. It's horrible. Don't yeah, ever watch this. I, I'm a big disaster. Happy I didn't watch it. It doesn't sound like it was fun either. It sounds painful to watch. No, I just didn't get what was happening. <laughs> I don't know why we decided to do that. You didn't even do it. No, I just made you suffer through that. I just was like, okay, I must be missing like a thousand other parts here. No, no. Okay, just like there was a bunch of different characters, and then like I think some of them are magic or something. I don't know. Anyway, you got to go Riverdale. Go on, man. What'd you watch? I hope it was better than that. I only watched one movie this weekend because my weekend was filled with AEW and they're all in pay-per-view. But I watched Requiem for a Dream. That is the film I watched this weekend. Um, so I've heard a lot about this movie for so long. Do you like Aronofsky or not? I'm a Darren Aronofsky okay. fan, yes. I've heard so much about this movie. And I never was like had the time to sit down and watch it. And I was like, yeah, you know what? It's like 90 minutes. So like, yeah, I can sit and watch it. The way that Aronofsky is able to build such a chaotic, frantic, scary depiction of drug addiction and drug abuse is quite frankly more terrifying than I've seen in any other horror movie. 
like it is the amount of stuff that he builds in 90 minutes with anxious editing frantic sound the direction is insane and the way that these performances build the entire time with the trio of Jared Leto and Ellen Burstyn, Jennifer Conley, they're all so, it's just like numbing to watch happen. The consistent scenes of the drugs, of them ingesting the drugs, and then the, the fast cuts, the sound. Like I've, I've never seen a film cut the way it was, edited the way it was, utilized sound. It's so loud in some scenes, but so terrifying in other scenes. It's such a hard film to describe what you've watched because it is like an experience watching this entire thing. And I don't think it's a film that I ever want to watch again because like I said, those last, once it builds and builds and builds and builds to like its last 10 minutes or so, you're sitting there with your mouth just wide open being like, what am I watching? And it's, you're, you're numb. Like you're just numb at the end. And that's what I was. I was sat there numb. I watched it with my dad. <laughs> This is not a movie to watch with your dad. And we both sat there, like, looking at each other after, like, what did we just... Because he's never seen it either. But I loved it. I loved every second of it. I think it's such a innovative, creepy, inaccurate depiction of this stuff. Like, I, I've seen online from a lot of people who have gone through drug abuse, drug abuse and drug addiction who have described that this is exactly what it feels like to be felt on, like, a high drug trip or stuck in a formula where you need drugs to perk you up and everything like that. Ellen Burson's character is so sad watching what she goes through, and she's unbelievable. I love Ellen Burstyn a lot. Everyone says that her best film is The Exorcist. This is by far her best film. She is insane with what she's able to do. The way she showed us her character slowly getting more crazy as she takes more pills, and she's slowly becoming less less in society and becoming more disillusioned it's honestly an incredible journey to go through and it's a shame the academy gave this one nomination one one nomination no editing no sounds nothing and i'm never gonna watch it again (laughs) never what did it get nominated for ellen burston there's that and she did not win who won i'm not quite sure but this is the year that they had like one film in like sound and one film in like editing. It was really weird when the Oscars were, they didn't have like set guidelines for what they wanted to do for their films. But Darren Aronofsky, man, that guy is crazy. He is a crazy ass director. Uh, Julia Roberts, Aaron Brockovich. Yeah. Freaking amazing movie. Have you seen this? Requiem for a Dream. I haven't yeah. seen it in a very long time. I did not like it when I saw it. But okay. I, but I, I honestly do not remember a lot of it. So, Yeah, it's just the way all these three stories intertwine with each other and the last 10 minutes are just so... It's just yeah. hard to watch. It's yeah. a hard watch. It's a very... If you like have drug addiction or suffer things like this, it's probably not easy to watch and sit and go through because you see them just slowly destroying their lives. Also, the score. I didn't mention the score. Phenomenal. Bum, bum. Ba-na-na-na. And the it's like a recurring motif. There's only six songs in this score. Like if you look at the official um, soundtrack for this film, it's only six scores, but it's so minimal because they just reuse the same motifs over and over again. And the rest of them are only brought up when certain things are happening. So when they're doping, when they're disillusioned with reality, with all these other things. And it's so interesting. It's so cool. It's a technical masterpiece. Like it's one of the best overall films I think I've seen. And I... Uh, I think I respect Aronofsky a lot more because I like a lot of his other films. This is probably my favorite film that I've seen of his, but it's kind of crazy that I am never going to sit back down and watch this movie. Yeah, there's movies like that. This is a great year, by the way. 2001. This is nuts. What's Traffic? I don't remember that movie. Um, No One Gets Away Clean. Michael Douglas, yes. John Cheadle, yeah, yeah. Michio Del Toro, Dennis Quaid, Catherine Zeta-Jones. It's a crazy cast. Got great reviews too. Yeah, it won a won a bunch of stuff. Um, but Gladiator, Gladiator won best almost picture. Almost famous. Year. You ever seen Wonder Boys? I've not. Movie rules: Crouching high, Tiger, Hidden Dragon. It's a great year, and I've watched like none of those films. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Okay, well I've seen that one. 
Dude, this movie goes nuts. You've never seen Aaron Brockovich? I have not. Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Nope. The Patriot? Nope. What? <laughs> Dude, what? Why? Keep going. Keep naming films. Uh, I mean, those are like the big ones from this year. The nope. Contender? Nope. Never seen The Contender? Nope. Brother Bear. What are you doing? Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. You've never seen Aaron Brockovich? No. Nope. Oh, it's incredible, man. You should watch Aaron Brockovich. Gladiator? She's so good in that movie. Almost Famous? you never seen Gladiator? No. Nope. Gladiator's okay. They're making a new one, aren't they? Yeah. Paul Mescal. Cast is great. you never seen Almost Famous? No. Oh, yeah, yeah, brother. Come on. You gotta grow up. <laughs> you gotta seen, grow like, up. I think but... this is one of the only years, aside from like the really early years, that I haven't seen any film in the Best Picture list. Why? I don't know. That's bizarre, bro. Well, if you like Robert Downey Jr., you'll like The Wonder Boys. It's probably his best movie. Tobey Maguire, Robert Downey Jr., Francis Oh, McDermott, hell yeah. Michael Iron Man Douglas. and Spider-Man? Let's go. Katie Holmes. Michael Douglas is in two movies? Yeah. Also, what's his uh, freaking name? Got nominated for Best Director twice. Steven Soderbergh. Yes. Traffic Remember when Soderbergh was a good director? Uh, what don't you like anymore? Every single film he's done What's since he, done he decided to make films not on a camera, and he decided to use like his iPhone and. Oh, what is this? Well, he's done the Laundromat recently. He's done High Flying Bird. I know a lot of people like High Flying Bird. I'm not a fan of that. He did that Mimi movie that came out. Mimi Kiki. I don't remember what that movie's called <laughs> with Zoe. Zoe Kravitz, the COVID movie. He's he's just Mimi a, Kiki. he's pumping things out. And they just aren't high quality anymore. Didn't like Logan Lucky? Hey, turn that movie off. I like that one. It's fun. I just like Daniel Craig in that movie. Yeah. yeah. He's really good in that movie. But he, aside from that, like he just hasn't really been doing quality stuff, which is sad because he's he's obviously a talented director. Ocean's 8? Yeah, still stand by what I said. <laughs> Not good? Is that the all-women one? Yeah. Magic Mike. Oh, he did the Magic Mike. Did he do Last Dance too? The most no, recent. I think one? he just did the first one. Okay. Oh no. Yeah, he did Last Dance. He didn't do the second one. Don't see the second one here. It's called Magic Mike XXL or something like that. No. Nope. So he did the first and third. Okay. I know people who. A lot of people who love the third movie. Channing Tatum, man. I don't know anybody who's seen the third movie. <sighs> Watch more movies, nerd. Have you seen the third Magic Mike movie? No. <laughs> what do you th- what? Grow up. That's all I watched this week. Well, we're gonna watch Little Italy now, so yeah, okay. All right, before we wrap up this episode, let's get into everything that's coming out this week, shall we? There's actually a lot that's coming out. I'm gonna start with TV first because I think that the the movies are gonna intrigue you a little bit more than what is actually coming out for TV. So let's take a look at the biggest release this week, which, oh boy, Netflix is at it again. This is One Piece. One Piece is coming out to Netflix on Friday. Let's on, go! On thir- yeah, yeah, really? You're, no, I don't know. I don't know. The trailers look okay. The CGI looks really bad. But really? initial reaction has it been- looks that bad. Initial reaction has been more positive. Netflix it's better than anime, right? Nef- okay, <laughs> Netflix has just not gone anime adaptations right at all. So With I think what like Death Note. I liked Death Note. It's a fine movie. Okay, and what was wrong with Death Note? Full Metal Alchemist was not very good either. That at a live action? Yeah. It did. What was wrong with Death Note? It was really bad. What do you mean? Did you see it? I did watch it, yes. What was wrong with it? It's really, really stupid. And they, their problem is that they try to not stray so far away from the source material. And they just, it doesn't work. The medium does not work. Uh, okay. Did you watch that though? Because it's completely far away from the source material. That's why people hated it. It was not at all like Death Note. I did watch Death Note, yes. It's well, yeah, you it's, said it was close to the source no, material. Okay, but Cowboy Bebop did the same thing too, where it was way too close to its source material, and people yeah, did Death not Note like did it. not do that. It okay. was completely far away from the source material. So they're damned. That's if why they, it did not work. That's the Willem Dafoe one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Damned if they do, damned if they don't, is what Netflix happens with their live actions for animes. So we'll see. I think that the guy looks really annoying, which I guess is Luffy why? in a nutshell. So I think. Why that, does he look annoying? Did I say he looked annoying? I said he. Oh, I did say. Yeah. 
okay? He is. Uh, no, I'm not okay. He, I don't know. He just looks like he looks pretty cool. Looks okay. So initial reaction has been more positive than I was expecting. So it might be okay. I think we're gonna give this a look. We're gonna... I think this is just so beloved. I don't think there's any way that it actually works out. Yeah, that's that's my concern with this. Is I think that regardless of what happens, people are gonna be mad, whichever way that it goes. I'll probably watch it. What do you say? We'll do a watch. We'll we'll do a little yeah, review on it. We also have a guest coming on for this episode. Okay, little little reveal there. So that is coming out this week. As well on TV, Heart of Invictus is coming out on Netflix, in case you want to watch that. Chip and Dale, Park Life, Season 2 on Disney+. Plus. Do you like some Chip and Dale? Some more Chip and Dale action. Uh, the big one, Archer Season 14. The show is still going on. It's its final season. Archer? Yes, it is its final season. 14? On FF- FXX. So, Did you like Archer? That's okay. I think it ran its course. I think it was pretty good at the beginning, and then I think it kind of just fizzled out a bit. But I never got into it. It's okay. I, I never really liked it. I like John H. Benjamin. I know people love that show. Oh, I, just, I love, never got into people that. love that. I stuff. never thought it was funny. Yeah, I think it's just more clever than it is funny. I don't think it was clever either. Okay, fair enough. I didn't like like any of the jokes in it. Fair enough. Uh, this is actually a big week for television. Adventure Time, Fiona and Cake. There's so many Adventure Time fans out there. I'm sure a lot of people are happy that it's coming back. It's a spinoff, so it's not the main main stories, but it is still more of the world of Adventure Time. I saw him do a panel, and I met him. Oh. Pendleton Ward. Do you like his autograph? Do you like Adventure Time? Uh, when it first came out, yeah, it's the it was really sick. It was cool. They have a dog named after me. Jake, Jake the dog and Finn the human. This yeah, me. I remember I used to watch the the YouTube video before the show actually came out all the time. Yeah, I've never watched it. The original? Yeah. I heard it's good, though. It's like kind of like Rick and Morty before Rick and Morty. Just oh, like, like more, the show? Yeah, just like more of a kid's version of Rick and Morty. Yeah, it's definitely a kid's show. Rick and Morty is... Obviously like not for, a kid's show, yes. For incels. <laughs> Let's tell it to your brother. Um, hey Jeff, Rick and Morty <laughs> is a bad show. Uh, Love is Blind after the altar season four. I don't know how they have season four of this. I thought Love is Blind <laughs> was like not that old. It's kind of crazy. Its spinoff has four seasons, but yeah, when it come out in the pandemic, so yeah, three se- three three years. Pump out four two. seasons of a the spinoff. It's kind of crazy. Disenchantment season five. This is the Matt Groening TV show on Netflix that I'm not a huge fan of, but supposedly a lot of people. I liked it. Yeah, a lot of people have got onto the train and enjoyed it a it's lot. Not more. like funny, but it's like easy watching. Like yeah. it reminds me of like older Simpsons, but like not as clever or funny. But yeah. like it's just you can have it on. It's fine. Fair enough. It's finishing its run this week, so the final season's coming out, and the Wheel of Time season two on Friday. This is the Amazon Prime fantasy show based off of the widely popular book series season one was not loved by a lot of people but as we've seen one season normally might not be good the other seasons might be better so this could be one to keep your eye out on it has a great cast rosamund pike doesn't love rosamund pike she's fantastic i really wanted to get it into this i the first season just really was not for me so if i hear good things about season two maybe i'll uh, be able to check that out when that comes out and then power book four force i want to highlight that again because Again, this is a TV show that's not that old, and it's a spinoff that has four spinoffs. <laughs> I don't understand that. A power? Power. Power. That's power. a 50 cent, right? I believe so, yes. So that's all that's coming out for there. <laughs> this One Piece show looks cool. Yeah, it looks okay. I don't see anything weird with it. It looks just cool. The actor just looks annoying, but that's what Luffy is. Luffy's annoying, so it makes sense that they cast someone who's... Don't you like Jack Quaid? That guy has like the ugliest like punchable annoying face I've ever seen he looks like he's 80 years old on a 13 year old's body you seen his dad yeah he looks handsome as <laughs> <laughs> all right movies for this week Mike you're gonna need to pay attention for this one because all right. starting its limited engagement this Wednesday is a film called Slother House Slother House Slother House you heard it right it is, is about it like a horror movie about a sloth it is a comedy horror film about a senior who wants to be elected as her sorority president, and she adapts a cute sloth thinking it'll become the new mascot until uh, it was not that. And it, uh, they're thinking that it, the sloth is the main suspect in a bunch of murder cases. <laughs> cool. So this is getting good reviews. And this is what a lot of other films like Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, 
I think people were expecting is that films were going to be actually taking its source material and making fun of it and making it smart, clever, and being aware and not being serious. This seems to be doing the self-aware, fun aspect right. So I wanted to highlight this because it is limited. It's not going into every theater, but it is having a run of... Uh, a small run of engagements on Wednesday and Thursday. So it is playing in Toronto. So I would like to highlight that. I might go see it. You know what? Goofy sloths murdering people. Looks kind of fun. Why not? Looks kind of stupid. The Equalizer 3. Let's go. You're a big fan of the first two. You're getting your third one. Equalizers. They they rule, man. They're just fun, dumb movies. You'll probably like this too. It's not very long. It's only an hour and 40 minutes. Oh, let's go. It's a little long. Let's go. It's like, 100 minutes, it's nothing. He's just trying to work at the Home Depot, man. Yeah, I'm not a fan of those movies. No? Why? I don't know. It's weird. You would think that it would be right up my alley as something that's like fun, dumb. Revenge. Yeah. Fighty. Yeah, I wanted to highlight those. That's everything that is coming out for this weekend. Cool beans. Going to go watch Slother House? Yeah, maybe. Probably not. It does (laughs) not sound good, but uh, why not? What do you think? Good spot to wrap up? Yeah. All right. All right. Let's do it. That's going to wrap up another exciting episode of Cinemaze. We hope you enjoyed our exploration of the latest box office trends and our discussions on the impact of these numbers on the world of cinema. The numbers, Mason. What do they mean? A big thank you to everybody listening and joining us on this adventure today. Your support and enthusiasm always means the world to us. If you have any suggestions or ideas, please send them our way. And we might be able to even get you on the pod for an episode. We always love having guests. But uh, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share this podcast, The Cinemates Pod, on X-Post, formerly known as Twitter. Mike Jose Collins, Jake underscore Schultz. X-Post is the most disgusting thing that can come out of your mouth. If you have thoughts about the box office or would like to compete, Keegan, please send us your ratings and reviews. Anyway, thank you for listening. Dish. Follow us on TikTok, on Twitter, and TikTok, and all, all the stuff. all the other yes. ones. TikTok is uh, pretty big now. Thanks, guys. Yeah, popping off. You guys are enjoying our little rants, so it's always fun to make those videos. Au revoir. Bye bye.